Welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. I'd like to let you know that our audience is 98% business owners and executives who listen to learn from the experiences of our guests. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on the radio show is the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of the program. And with our exclusive prospect engagement program, Critical Mass Radio Show delivers 23 warm prospects to each platinum advertiser every year. To learn more, contact Rose Chamora, 951 Five one five four six six one. That's nine five one five one five forty six sixty one. All right, as uh, many of you know, Dr. Dean Waldman was on our show earlier this year, and we got into such a great conversation. And I felt he had so much more to share that I wanted him to come back. And thanks for Crystal getting him back in the uh, studio here, at least on the phone. And Dr. Uh, Waldman wrote his second book, "The Cancer in Healthcare: How Greed Is Killing What We Love." Dr. Waldman, welcome back to the program. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you. You know, I'm going to start right out. For those who may not have heard the first interview yet, just briefly tell us a little bit about the Cancer and Healthcare book, why you wrote it, and sort of what its message is. That's actually quite easy. Let me simply say you started or prefaced this by saying we're going to talk about my views about the healthcare system. And in a sense, of course, that's true. But I'd like to change the word view to diagnosis because what I'm doing is not exposing people to my opinions. I'm giving them just the way a doctor would with a sick patient what is wrong with this particular patient. And what the book is, is simply that diagnosis. Okay, this is a sick patient, healthcare. What is wrong with healthcare? What's the cause of healthcare's illness? And that's what the book is about. That's what the book tries to make sure everybody understands how we treat this patient is a decision that I think we, and that's another part of the book, I think we should make as a people, as a group, as a society, and not have someone tell us what we should do about health care, specifically Washington. When you just said that, it leads me to my next question that I wanted to ask you, because I have heard you compare the Bill of Rights and the effort it took to create the Bill of Rights as the similar as similar to the effort that's required to fix the health care system in the United States. Can, can you explain what you meant by that sure. statement? Sure. It, it sounds sort of, you know, esoteric or, you know, historical, theoretical. I actually was a history major in college, but John Kerry was my roommate. Uh, not my roommate, my classmate. The problem with health care, as the book explains, is that it has cancer. Why does it have cancer? We can discuss what cancer in a system means, but why does it have cancer? Because it doesn't have the normal foundation, the normal healthy cells that support, if you will, the body. The analogy being this. This, this country has been through 236 years of, of uh, 238 years of turmoil, and frankly, uh, we've had good times, we've had bad times, but what has kept us together, if you get down to it, the Declaration of Independence was a declaration of war. The Bill of Rights is what we are about as a people. It is the guts of, of what we all agree to, what we all want, what we all want for each other as well as ourselves. And what I'm saying is that health care doesn't have that set of principles that we need to have, we need to agree on before we can actually have a system that works. Is, you know, people talk about healthcare as a right. Well, is it? 
What does it mean if you say it's a right? These are issues that we need to discuss rather than just sort of ignore. Today, all over the news is issues of what we're going to do with immigration and people who are here illegally. People have been here for 25, 30 years illegally. The question I ask is, okay, what should we as a society do about health care for people who are here illegally? And I don't want a knee-jerk response. I would like to have people discuss it, argue about it, differ about it, hear each other's opinions, and then come to a consensus about what we should do with illegals. Uh, you may or may not know, you probably do, but I bet you you're your listening audience does not know that in universal health care countries people who are in that country illegally are not part of their national system amazing well now they do i'm talking with dr dean waldman uh he is many things including an author his latest book is the cancer in Healthcare: how greed is killing what we love so i want to ask you a question from your diagnosis how how do you believe our health care system in this country would change if we the patients had to pay our health care bills as done in other countries like taiwan yeah taiwan is a good example although taiwan frankly is so small and doesn't have a number of the public health issues that we have including quite frankly uh the obesity and uh illicit drugs which are a major factor but answer to your question what would happen what would happen is the the costs of of health care the prices of health care would plummet absolutely plummet i mean we're talking about instead of seeing you know twenty thousand dollars for a hernia repair you'd suddenly see two thousand dollars or three thousand dollars for a hernia repair well uh <laughs> suddenly health care would be affordable rather than this obscene uh, thing that nobody can afford. I mean, you have to be less than in the top 1% if you want to actually pay for your care, if you include all the reasons why health care is so expensive. And as you know from reading the book, and I hope others will read the book, the reason that we are overspending is the cancer. This is an excellent conversation, and I'm so glad to have you back. As a matter of fact, we're going to take our our final commercial break here because I want to come back and dedicate the next segment to sort of where we left off last time, which is with this concept of avoided costs sure. as it relates to the healthcare system. So, Dr. Dean Waldman, you stay right where you are. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. We're going to be back in, in just a few minutes, and we're going to continue the conversation with Dr. Dean Waldman after these words from our commercial sponsors. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. SNH Rubber is a manufacturing company in Fullerton, California. We specialize in custom molded, extruded, and stamped rubber parts. If your next job requires a rubber part, we would appreciate the opportunity to quote on it. 
We serve aerospace, automotive, and many other industries. We work with many types of rubber, including silicone, EPDM, neoprene, uninitrile, and Viton. Our quality system is ISO and AS9100 approved. Over our 47 years in business, the SNH brand has become known for superior quality, quick turnaround, and competitive pricing. Please check out our website at www.shrubber.com or call 714-525-0277. Let SNH be your ceiling solution. There's something positive about the word up. When things are looking good, they're looking up. When someone's down, you cheer them up. So how do you move up? Well, when it comes to getting your bachelor's or master's degree, there's one university that stacks up, Brandman University. Brandman is ranked by U.S. News and World Report as one of the nation's top 10 universities for online bachelor's programs. Brandman's online graduate programs in business and education also receive top honors. So look us up at brandman.edu. Brandman University. Move up. Welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show. Uh, I'm your host, Rick Franzi. Dr. Dean Waldman is our guest. I'd like to let you know that our listeners have downloaded over 18,000 episodes of the Critical Mass Radio Shows over the last 30 days. And I really appreciate your uh, growing and and continued support for the radio show. I think part of the huge increase in the downloads has been attributed to having our guests be far more engaged with the radio show, both before, during, and after. Amanda Pointer, who is our assistant producer, has been a key player in helping to keep you engaged in our shows. We really appreciate the fact that guests take the time to make their shows available to their communities. That's how we've grown our audience this large. Thank you. If you want to follow me on LinkedIn, I'm Richard Franzi. If you want to follow us on CE- on Twitter, we're CEO Peer Groups Podcasts. It's Critical Mass Radio Show. Go to your podcasting software, iTunes or whatever, type in Critical Mass Radio Show. You'll begin to automatically get our weekly, actually thrice weekly, three times a week, radio shows. All right, Dr. Waldman, we ended last time our show with you beginning to approach the concept of avoided costs as it relates to our healthcare system. Can you explain that in some detail for our audience, please? Yeah, that your audience will understand this, quite frankly, more than most. Specifically, if you think about the commercial world and business people, I mean, pretty much everybody has got machines and they spend money on preventative maintenance. Why? Because they will spend a little bit of money now, so they don't have to spend a hell of a lot of money replacing the machine. Same thing for the oil in your car. I mean, why do you uh, change the oil in your car so you don't have to spend, you know, tens of thousands of dollars replacing the car? You'd rather spend 25 bucks just changing your oil. By the way, we'll get to avoid cost in a second. I got a great example for you. But you don't expect your insurance to pay for your oil change. <laughs> yet, yet people expect their insurance to pay for their, you know, routine uh, checkup. They have to, you have to ask yourself why. Anyway, you want a, a great example. I don't know if you've picked up on this, Rick, but a big deal on the Internet in the last, I don't know, three, six months has been screaming about the cost of a drug called Sovaldi, S-O-V-A-L-D-I. What it is, is it is the only cure, repeat word, cure, for hepatitis C. All the other treatments out there are palliative. They treat the symptoms and they make you feel better, but they don't actually cure the disease, which eventually causes your death. I mean, it may take 20 years, but eventually you die from liver failure or liver cancer because of the hepatitis C. So how much does Savaldi cost? 
a thousand bucks a pill, and the average course is eighty-four pills. So the average cost is eighty-four thousand dollars. And people go, "Are you crazy? Eighty-four thousand dollars for a bunch of pills?" Well, I turn around and say, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Calculate your avoided cost." This is actually in the book, "The Cancer in Healthcare," as other examples are about avoided cost. It's very important. Which is okay? How much does it cost? to treat the symptoms and the signs of hepatitis C. Liver failure, as I said, patients who develop liver cancer, well, you start adding it up, and it's hundreds of thousands to literally millions of dollars. So my question is, well, then wouldn't you want to spend 84000 and not spend a million? Right. The answer is obviously yes, and that's the avoided cost. And that's the calculation that people need to make about the financing in healthcare. Can I spend a little now so that I don't have to spend a hell of a lot later? It is. Thank you for explaining that. That was a very powerful example, and it is, it is um, surprising and somewhat disappointing to me how irrational our thinking is as, yes. it, as it relates to these issues in healthcare. We we don't have any adult thinking, it seems, any, any higher-order thinking about yes. things that we yes. look at other things and very rationally can put the yes. same logic to. It's, yep. it's kind of strange. Uh, you know, I've read that over 30% of the U.S. doctors either cannot afford or refuse to accept Medicaid-insured Medicaid patients. From your point of view, is, is this a problem and why? Well, I'll answer that in about 10 seconds, but please note that no one is really reporting the number of Medicare doctors who can no longer afford to take care of patients who are covered by Medicare, and Medicare recipients, like me, vote. <laughs> a lot of the Medicaid-insured patients are children, and of course they don't, so their voice is sort of drowned out. Anyway, answer to your question, is it a problem? It's a huge problem. For example, in California, over 2 million people signed up under Obamacare for free insurance through the Medicaid system added to the Medicaid rolls, but 70% in the state of California of doctors can't afford to take care of, nationally it's in the 30% range, but can't wow. afford to take care of them because the reimbursement schedules are so low that, that if they fill up their roles with Medicaid patients, they can't pay their own nurses or their own electric bills and they just go broke. Is it a problem? It's a huge problem. And so what happens is the two or three bad things. One, patients don't get care. Two, uh, even though they have, quote, insurance, end quote. Two, the reason that this is going on is because it helps promote our dependency or the perception of our dependency on Washington because the people who sign up for Medicaid actually, A, think their doctors are getting paid, and B, don't understand where the money's going that the doctors aren't getting, mm -hmm. which is my sort of big point. In the book, I use this phrase. I was trying to be nice rather than really explosive. The phrase is bureaucratic diversion. <laughs> okay? <laughs> what the bureaucracy does is that it diverts dollars that are needed to pay for care and instead, it uses those dollars to pay for bureaucracy, wow. administration, rules, regulations, review of hospitals, oversight, compliance, all these kinds of things 
are where your dollars are going that I want to see spent on children's dental care and on uh, grandma's checkup and so forth. Interesting. We're talking with Dr. Dean Waldman. We're just covering some of the content in his latest book, The Cancer in Healthcare, How Greed is Killing What We Love. You know, that question kind of sets me up for the next one that I wanted to ask you perfectly, your answer. I mean, you know, you recently wrote an article, which I saw on uh, American Thinker, where you explained how a single-payer system leads to underservice in healthcare. Can, can you kind of draw that story out for us? Sure, that's simple. One of the first things that everybody needs to understand, and again, you read the book so you know I make a big deal of this, they talk about cutting costs, but they really don't cut costs because nobody, I repeat, nobody knows the cost of anything in healthcare the way they know the cost of of a sweater or a car or uh, almost uh, a dry cleaning service. You know the disposables and you know the labor costs and you add them all up and that's the cost of whatever it is. Nobody does that in healthcare. So when the government says it's cutting costs, what it's doing is it's cutting spending on a specific a thing, uh, a service, a product, whatever. Well, so it's cutting spending. So in a single-payer system, when they have a specific budget and they say, all right, the budget allocation for this year is, in this in this country, I'll make it up, $2 trillion. By the way, the latest data shows that that $2.7 trillion that uh, everybody was aghast at is going to be $3.4 trillion uh, we're spending on health care. Deloitte just came out with that. Anyway, let's say it's $2 trillion. And, they, and it's a single-payer system, and they're going to cut costs because we ain't got $2 trillion to spend. What happens? They ration care. Hmm. And, for example, they'll do what they do in Great Britain right now, which is they'll say, okay, people over the age of 55, in people over the age of 55, uh, kidney dialysis is not, quote, cost-effective, end quote, and we won't pay for it. And so anybody who's 56 or older who has kidney disease and can't afford to pay for his own dialysis in Great Britain, dies. And that's what the Independent Payment Board is scheduled to do here in this country. So I am, as a physician, terrified of the whole idea of single-payer because what it's going to do is central rationing of healthcare goods and services. We are just Giving across the pond of this content, sir, and you're doing a great job of giving us the, the, the headlines, if you will. The meat is in the book, The Cancer in Healthcare, How Greed is Killing What We Love by Dr. Dean Waldman. I, I only have time, unfortunately, for one more question for you today here on Critical sure. Mass Radio Show. And, I, you know, I know you're, we talked about this last time you were on, you're on the board of the New Mexico Health Insurance Exchange, and you have firsthand knowledge of how the Affordable Care Act is being implemented in, at least in your state, and I know you're sensitive to what other states are doing. So can yeah. you just share with us, here we are, you know, kind of next year, what's going on relative to how the states are working through the issues associated with the Affordable Care Act? The quick answer, unfortunately not a happy one, which is Washington keeps changing the rules. The goalposts keep moving. And so uh, literally once a week we get an advisory, oh, well, you have to use a different form for this eligibility, or you have to check verification of citizenship this way, or the font on uh, (laughs) your website. I'm serious. The font on your website has to be this. 
And I'm going, what the hell? I mean, this is micromanagement taken to an extreme, yet that's what's happening. So this is sounds like an excuse, but the truth is we are trying desperately to set up an insurance exchange here in New Mexico that actually people can understand. We won't discuss the cost for a moment. We'll just say understand the damn thing, and they keep changing the rules and regs on us. So it has been a devil of a time in every other state who has chosen to do this has the same problem. Dr. Dean Waldman, the time flies by when you're on the program. I appreciate your willingness to come back a second time here on Critical Mass Radio Show to share a little bit more in some areas about what you're focused on and how you're trying to help educate the conversation we have in this country about our health care yeah, system. exactly. Thank you. For- I want us to have a conversation, and all I'm trying to do is get people to understand the concepts and what's really going on, and then let's talk to each other. So if someone wants to buy your book, and I strongly advocate they do that, how do they find it online? It's, it's really easy. Just go to my website, and you can click the, the icon. The website is D-E-A-N-E. Waldman, W-A-L-D-M-A-N.com, and they should do it that way. You can get it on Amazon and other places, but you can do it. Uh, I recommend going to DeanWaldman.com with the E in the middle because the book just won this big award, and so the publisher is putting it on special sale, so people who go to buy the book soon can get it at a price that's even lower than Amazon, so um, it's not very expensive. So well, I mean, and- I'm, I'm not in this to make money, I'm in this to get the ideas out to people. And your website has a lot of other content that relates yes, it does. your first a lot books of that on article there. that you mentioned on single payer and and things about is one I'm just coming out with uh, tomorrow which is the difference between an informed consumer and a smart shopper which one do we want. Well, I can't wait to read that. I'll be definitely checking that. Uh, thank you again for being a friend of the program and a part of our community. I really value it's your It's my great pleasure. I enjoy talking to you. Thank you Dr. Dean Waldman. Have a good day. Bye-bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the goal for the show is to help you, our listening audience, to uh, make better, more informed business decisions. I think both our first guest, Dr. Mira Farka, and our second guest, Dr. Dean Waldman, gave great content and something for you to consider and think about and hopefully continue to learn about and explore. This show wouldn't be possible without our advertisers, Brandman University, Center Club, Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, MBN Design, Smart Business Magazine, SNH Rubber, Succession Strategies, our longest tenured sponsor, Tone Software, and UPS Protection. Our engineer for today is Paul Roberts, our producer, Crystal Nunley, our assistant producer, Amanda Pointer, who I mentioned earlier in the show. Our guest coordinator is Kathleen Shepard, marketing strategist and live events manager is Asia Celestino. Our social media manager is Melissa Pedanti. Rose Chamorro is our VP of Sales. If you're free tomorrow night, Cal State Long Beach is hosting a panel discussion that I am moderating. We're talking about how to create an engaged employee culture. If you'd like to learn more about that, contact me, Rick Franzi, at rfranzi at, at criticalmathsforbusiness.com. You can follow me on LinkedIn, uh, Richard Franzi, on Twitter. We're CEO Peer Groups. And your podcasting software, type in Critical Mass Radio Show. And you can get all of our shows each week. If you'd like to learn more about our business, Critical Mass for Business is our website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. Well, until our next show, which is tomorrow, uh, this is your host, Rick Franzi, saying hopefully all of your decisions move your business in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi. 